Welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, the show can be heard on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. This is a pre-recorded interview with African-American renowned astrologer Samuel F. Reynolds. He serves on the board of directors for the International Society for Astrological Research and the International Academy of Astrology. He is also the co-founder of the International Society of Black Astrologers and a faculty member for the International Academy of Astrology. I hope you enjoy the interview. What's been fascinating about this moment is that all billionaires became more, more billionaires. Like Elon Musk, I think he, he, I guess he nearly quintupled his wealth mm-hmm. during this, this time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Bezos definitely increased in his wealth, but I mean, like literally all of them. So and then, um, like, yeah, yeah. Let's, no, sorry. No, that's okay. What were you gonna say? Well, I'm not. Uh, well, talking about billionaires, you know, that does go into some question of um, exploitation, I would say. Statistically, mm-hmm. it's more than likely. But, you know, there are a good number of people during this year who have prospered. This has been a good year for astrology and astrologers. So, you know, it's kind of like it's an interesting moment to see where things have ballooned and where they haven't. I mean, the stock market has also done tremendously well you know what is it yeah, like well, in the 000? beginning it didn't in the beginning it didn't it, it was like right. a major dip in around you know march or something like that and i think um i was reading that like mercury retrograde <laughs> let me ask you about that is does mercury retrograde impact that financial situation and also that was in february march that's when the covid started really coming out and we realized this was a <clears> pandemic does that have any effect on that? I don't know if any financial astrologer has, that I've read has talked about there being a consistency of dips in the market related to Mercury retrogrades. Mm-hmm. I think February and March have made that connection. No financial mm-hmm. astrologers. I mean, there's a whole branch related to astrology of, of folks who who specialize in that. And... Um, I don't recall seeing anything where they made a big deal specifically about things with the market and Mercury retrograde. The key thing to know is that the Mercury, I mean, the um, the market is tied to human behavior and Mercury retrograde does have some ties to that, but I don't know if it always just impacts the market. What was happening in February and March of 2020 is um, a string of things that, that syncs up well in terms of signification with the pandemic. So astrologers have been predicting some kind of, you know, event related to either terror, terrorism, or some earth-shaking changes to happen in 2020, okay. which which did happen. Now, did they predict, oh, it's going to be a pandemic? No. Not not any not any that I fully know of except of one who is now he left us this year. So 
I'm blanking on his, his first name. Barbeau is his last name. He's a French astrologer. He did see this strong as possibility of a pandemic. Andre Barbeau. Um, okay. Andre Barbeau, you know, he did deal with that. But most astrologers, including myself, thought it was going to be something more either terroristic or terror-related, not something like literally like terror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about weather? Because there were also, uh, I was reading that in April there was like 40 tornadoes in the U.S. from Texas to South Carolina, and it killed a lot of people. And even here, I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I can tell you I've had probably at least almost 10 tornado warnings coming over my phone, like beware. And one day I was actually in the bed, and you know how they say it sounds like a train? I felt like I was Mm -hmm. Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, and it did. It was like super quiet, and then all of a sudden, and I was like, oh, I better actually get away from the windows. Like, this is serious. It came like 3 o'clock in the morning. How does um, astrology and the environment, where's the connection? Are there connections? Yeah, are there connections? Well, definitively. I mean, meteorology was a branch of astrology before it became like, you know, this quote-unquote science. And before, you know, you saw the weatherman where the person giving the news or on the mm-hmm. news. Right. So, you know, astrology does have, I mean, this is, this is documented in early astrological texts. And so astrologers have talked about things in the weather related to uh, fires, um, definitively, especially with Mars being in Aries and retrograding in Aries. Okay. So there was definitely some concern about the, the rip-roaring fires that we also really beheld that seemed to have a wider swath, whether we're talking about Australia, whether we're talking about in the States. And then, yeah, the strange weather that we're experiencing in different, all parts of the world. Um, and, uh, and that we're likely to, in, to increasingly experience. I think we're going to experience more issues related to, to air issues in 2021, for example. So that could be more tornadoes. That could be more hurricanes, you know, that's, although that's also water. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There may be more increased activity along that line. But, you know, equally, you could say this is astrology, but this is astrology also looking at what's happening in our world. And what's happening in our world is climate change. So, Wait, did you say climate change is happening, Samuel? Because that's like fake news. Isn't that fake news? That's not really happening. And, and I don't know why you're worried about it. <laughs> is that sarcasm? Yes, I hope is. that's sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing. Uh, this is another question about science uh, and reality and the denial of these things. People are denying science now. They're denying that scientifically proven that, you know, covering up your mouth and staying six feet apart, it's been scientifically proven that there's climate change and people are in denial. Does astrology, is there a connection between people's denial and astrology? Is I think so, to some degree. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, go on. Were you going to no, say that, something no, else? That's it. That, no, that's the question. Is there some connection between people having this denial of what others consider science? Yeah, I mean, so what's fomenting? And I think we may see even more of this in 2021. It doesn't go away with 
the election of a new president, um, unfortunately. But what it's kind of fomenting is a deeper and deeper distrust of authority. And so some measure of it is merited. And I don't mean just on the level of talking about science, right? Because I do support science. You know, even though, yes, I'm an astrologer, some people think that being an astrologer is antithetical to having a love and respect for science, but that Mm -hmm. is the opposite of my experience. Mm. But what I can say is that, you know, especially in the United States, there is an increasing distrust of media, an increasing distrust of what media reports, which could also be the science, and then even of, quote-unquote, expertise. And again, I just want to also emphasize to your listeners, you know, some of this is with merit. And you might say, like, well, what kind of things? Well, in the early heady days of the, you know, the discovery of the virus, people didn't have enough patience to know what was going on. So they started saying all kinds of things. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people kind of ran with that. And then with four years of, Trump and then the things related to Trump, you know, he has also been an expose, not just on himself, but also on some aspects of media bias. So I think, especially with some of his followers, and I think even those who are on the margins, there is a kind of like pause that we didn't necessarily have before about how things are said to us. And there are a couple of reasons why this is syncing up or tracks astrologically. One of the big things is that America, and I may have talked about this years ago on your show when you were gracious enough to have me, but I may have talked about something <laughs> called the Pluto return, right? Okay. And what it means is that Pluto is coming back more so in February, exactly in February of 2022, but we're, we're, we're edging and edging closer to it, especially in 2021. But um, when Pluto comes back to its original position as it was, say, when you were born or, say, when, um, like, this country was founded in 1776. Now, it takes some 200 and, you know, 40 years nearly for Pluto to return home. So this is not going to be for an individual to come back okay. to its original place. I was place. about to say, yeah, like, am I going to be around or? No, no. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you are around, you probably don't want to be around. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I don't. You know, I don't want to reach 240. You know, I don't know unless they can find some way in which my body's in great shape as well. But you know, if I'm hanging on by a thread, let me go. Anyway, yeah. but this country will be going toward its Pluto return. And if you study, and this is what I encourage people to do, is to go back and read for yourself, including starting with Thomas Paine's Common Sense. Read what was happening in this country at its formation, and you'll find some amazing, dazzling parallels. One, yes, I agree. Okay. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, one is that, you know, colonists were having severe trouble with the military of their time, and the military were their police. They didn't have, you know, colonial police. It was the quote-unquote red coats, right? And they were, um, there were a series of quartering acts where even sometimes that um, people, colonists, would have to house them or 
surrender their goods just by virtue of being asked to, you know, even for inspection Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and under constant surveillance. And, you know, every little penny, there was a tax even attached to, you know, which got, eventually it got um, dissolved, but there was a tax on any bit of goods that they received. So it was almost like another kind of surveillance. So Americans at that time felt, you know, overwatched, um, treated like children, and then guarded and treated like children, <laughs> literally, in terms yeah. from the authority. And taken advantage of, by those <clears throat> yeah. because, you know, every person wasn't, quote, unquote, honorable, and there's many stories of people, you know, um, <laughs> trying to rise up against this taxation and things of that nature because they felt, you know, the land was theirs and as long as they took care of the land and um, why am I giving more money to this person or, you know, entity? We've never been there. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, what's fascinating, and I didn't know this until I started looking back, there was no royal who came to, you know, the United States to the colonies until the 20th century. Wow, I didn't know that either. I did not. Yeah, yeah. There was no royal who came to the United States. So I think. Guess what, Sam? We have mm -hmm. royals that came back. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. The the Duke and Duchess situation, Sussex. Does that? Mm -hmm. How did astrology affect that move? Was was that impacted? Do you think astrologically? I I think so, but I didn't follow that as much. I mean, I know what happened, but I didn't track it with astrology. Um, okay. So I know that some astrologers were really into that, but no, I didn't. I didn't look at that. I know that there's probably definitely their personal astrology between the two of them that you know between Megan and Harry that definitely you know ties in. So that's more part of their personal narrative. But I think mm-hmm. there's some larger issues that are also coming to the monarchy in in Britain. Um, but coming back to the states, I think. You know, one of the things that we should brace ourselves for is that I say that, you know, brace. I don't think people need to kind of go into, you know, shelters or like, well, get the bomb shelter, honey. Get it ready. Mm-hmm. Um, get the canned goods. Dry get goods. the canned goods. <laughs> but I think we should be prepared for more bouts of unrest. This country's, you know, kind of going toward a, an apex of internal strife that requires on a personal level a certain level of introspection about how we are treating each other and how we're caring for each other you you want I'm people sorry? to you want people to have critical like thinking skills or something is that that, is that what you're well, asking I think, people I'm I'm being really sarcastic right now but I know I you feel, are uh, I see so many people who actually just don't have the skill to to do that they, they actually just don't even know how to do that like that wasn't even taught to them. So it's not like I'm going to look down on that person, you know, because it was just never part of their narrative to like do something like that, meaning be introspective. You know what I mean? So I think you're you're bringing up an important point. So I want to say this, especially for your listeners, Mm -hmm. for those who are listening, who are directed toward critical thinking. Wonderful. For those who are already along the spectrum of dealing with critical thinking, then it's also going to be important for you to cultivate patience and patience in terms of talking to people who can be receptive and and to take action with those people who are 
willing to also take action with you. But at the same time, you can't, I'm saying to, when I say you, I mean the general population that are critical thinking, you yeah. can't get caught up in the groundswell of those who are not thinking. That's what becomes important. Because what happens when you get caught up in the hoopla and, you know, the anger and distraction, then you're not focused on, well, what do I need to do in relation to my family? Well, first myself, in relation to my family, um, in relation to those I love, you know, in my work. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been one of the most powerful elements, interestingly enough for me, that's come out of this coronavirus moment because I've seen more of that. I mentioned earlier that there's been a spike in the amount of business that astrologers, tarot readers, diviners in general have experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? in the early days of, of the discovery of the virus, um, you know, I thought it would be people calling me, you know, like, am I going to get it? Am I going to live? Blah, blah, blah. That's not been the case. I haven't really gotten in, you know, the spur of, you know, the, the hundreds of people I've now seen since, you know, it started. I I haven't gotten, I think maybe I've gotten maybe one or two questions related to the virus. Maybe one, even just that. So what are they calling you about? What are they calling They're you They're dealing with more of the introspection, you know, thinking about their mm-hmm. lives. You know, by virtue of having this profound disruption to their lives, even when they're able to work from home, it's prompted them to, especially, you know, in the winter and in the early spring, when yeah. we had no idea, you know, how long would, we thought this thing would be, you know, I don't know if we thought it would be over. Some people thought it would be over, but more under control. Yeah, I mean, I I have a day job, you know, and I I we we like oh you know pack up your stuff, you know we're gonna work from home, and we thought it was gonna be a couple of weeks, if you know if that, and nobody you know everybody was in a good mood, and we were just like wow it's a shame people are dying, and you know we came home and and then it's like bam it's December I think um, I could see why people are calling you uh, because you're. People. Some people live alone. Some people have families. Some people don't deal mm-hmm. with their families all the time. So there's all these different um, dynamics that are happening because of the COVID. Because they have to be home. Because they can't be near maybe the people they love. Let me ask you this. I saw that there was going to be a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius on Monday, I believe, or sometime. That's next correct. Week. What does that mean for us lowly humans? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, one, to put in, you know, perspective, eclipses happen at least, especially a total solar eclipse, they can happen, you know, at least twice or three times a year. So okay. um, that doesn't mean they're not, they're they're nothing, it, but it also doesn't mean that it becomes the apocalypse. You know, one of the things I've seen kind of like turning again and again is that when there's a big celestial event, people kind of make a lot more out of it. Um, so a total solar eclipse and this particular eclipse, I believe it's at, um, 23 degrees of, of Sagittarius. Um, for those people who know their astrological chart, meaning that they either have done it themselves or had it done with an astrologer, then if you have planets or points near to Sagittarius at that degree, 23 degrees or Gemini, which is the opposite point, or if you have also something in Pisces or Virgo, um, at those, 
Yeah, I remember at that near that degree. Um, then it's going to be significant, you know, again, related to those events in your life. So, for instance, um, the part of my chart that deals with career is going to be highlighted with that, that solar, solar eclipse. So I imagine some changes are going to happen related to my career and, you know, dimensions of my work. Now, you might say, like, well, are those going to be, quote, unquote, positive or negative? Now, I, I actually am more inclined to think they'll be positive, but there may be some some sacrifices or some changes that, you know, maybe a little difficult to deal with. Like, for example, I'm planning on moving. So maybe it might be some way in which, you know, there's a spike related to my career, but it might re- require, you know, a readjustment um, in terms of how, how things happen. Um, and that's relatively minor. A lot of people think when they hear about eclipses, like, oh, am I going to get eclipsed? Is that going to be the worst case scenario for me? And it doesn't have to be that. I mean, my okay. life changed, uh, I guess it would be nine years ago when there was a, I would say, a lunar eclipse that was near that same degree. And I ended up writing for Ebony Magazine, which changed my life, you know, doing astrology. And um, so that was, um, well, I would say it's positive, but it was an adjustment. What came with that? Like, I had to sit my butt in the house and write horoscopes. Right. And initially that was difficult uh, until it got a little better. So that's the more personal thing that people can expect. I think on a larger scale. What about the the presidency? The new I was about to say, on the larger scale. Yeah, because what is um, Kamala? She's a, a Libra. Is that what she? October? Is that Libra? She's a Libra with a moon in Aries, and I believe I think Gemini rising. I'm not. Um, okay. Yeah, but we do have, you know, Joe Biden. He's a Scorpio with a Sag rising, so it's definitely. Ooh, Scorpio! Okay. No wonder he's like that. Oh, he's like yeah. what? He's, he's not a Sagittarius. So he, I'm looking his birthday. No, he's a Sag Sagittarius. rising. He, okay. he has Sag in his chart prominently, but he's a Sagittarius rising. Now, explain that real quickly. What does that mean, rising? What does that mean when somebody is rising? So there are 12 signs of the zodiac, and what happens when you're born, the sun is usually in one particular place. You know, like when you were born, the sun was in Pisces. But Mm -hmm. at the time you were born, now if you were born at dawn, because at dawn the sun would be coming above the horizon, which means the sign that would be coming above the horizon would be Pisces. Okay. So if you were born at dawn, you would be a sun in Pisces with also a Pisces rising. If you hmm. were born some hours after that, then the sign, like to say an hour or two, the sign coming above the horizon when you were born at, let's say, you know, two hours after dawn would mean you're an Aries rising. And then so okay. forth as the sun starts the journey during the day. So he was born not too long, Joe Biden, not too long yeah. after after dawn, because then he was the next sign that come up, that came above the horizon, which was Sagittarius. Okay. okay. So that's why the astrologer fiends so much about what time were you born, because the way in which your story, your life story unfolds, where the planets for that day fall out, that is a story that's told by your rising sign and the planet that can unlock the key to your rising sign. For instance, if you were born at dawn and you're a Pisces rising, then Jupiter would be the key holder related to understanding your chart and how mm. things may happen 
Um, wow. Okay. If you were born, again, also another sign of Jupiter's is Sagittarius. So what this eclipse means is that for the presidency, it highlights one person who has a strong Sagittarius signature, and then it might be more a change, a shift for another person who also has a very strong Sagittarius signature, who is Donald Trump, right? I mean, he's a moon in Sagittarius okay. with a sun in Gemini. He's a full moon baby. He was also born at a lunar eclipse. Um, so he was also born at an eclipse. So, is that why he's acting like a baby? I mean, uh, is, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't want to leave. Well, I, think it's a, I have a different concern about Donald Trump. I think, you know, I was just thinking today, also in prep, you know, for showing on your show and, and talking with you. I think we, as Americans, and I, I think a large part of your audience is American. Am I right in thinking that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we should be mindful to take, you know, take him seriously. Not, I'm not as worried about, like, will he leave office? I think he'll leave office. But my concern is will he kind of spend the next four years or more almost kind of creating a parallel government? And I don't mean, you know, in the strict sense because he can't completely do that, but more so where we have a growing number of people who listen to him as, you know, the quote-unquote demiurge president, (laughs) the fallen president, you know, rather than the ex-president. Yeah. Um, Somebody I was talking to, they were saying that they think if he gets control over, say, like a radio station or doing YouTube or some other media outlet where people can see him on a regular basis, that, that what you just said, they didn't say exactly what you said, it, but similar, that there's going to be this whole group of people living some other life type of thing, but because they're following him and not trying to follow whatever rules yeah. that Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris make. Um, and, I don't think and he's going to stop with the rallies. I mean, he yeah. likes the live energy. I think he's going to keep up with the rallies. I think he's going to keep okay. up. I mean, he, he'll defensively find an outlet. You think um, he's going to run again? I think he wants to run again. Uh, I haven't looked far enough at, at 2024 to see if that's the thing he will do. Um, I'm inclined to think for a lot of different reasons that are more intuitive than I've been able to verify with astrology. I don't, I don't think he will be able to run again. Mm. I think he wants to. I think he'll try. But I think, I think the next four years are going to take a different toll on him, which, which also could be with this eclipse signifies. Let me just ask you real quick. We didn't talk about this in the beginning, but I wanted to highlight your, you know, education um, as an astrologer. Talk to the audience about some of your training that you had to do um, because I know you're certified at different levels. Just tell them real quickly some of the things that, like, where you well, are in that I, um, world of I started off my, my, my initial training was trying to disprove astrology. So I approached it as an academic because I was an academic when I quote-unquote discovered astrology. So I thought it was the greatest amount of BS I had ever seen in my life. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to prove that it's BS. So I spent 10 years learning it, doing charts, 
with the vain hope that someone would be like, oh, that's crazy, or I would see more and more people like, ah, oh, that's it. But I felt like I had to be rigorous about it. So the early parts of my studies was in a weird way, you know, that's kind of just learning to disprove it and understand it and understand its trick because I thought it was more of a, you know, a trick. Yeah. I Once I discovered that there is a trick related to it, um, I also started um, getting certified with an organization called the National Council for Geocosmic Research. I think you can find them on the web at geocosmic.org or .com. And I went up to their level three of certification. And then I started doing work with the International Society for Astrological Research, also known as ESAR, and um, their ESARastrology.org, I believe. And I went and got their full certified uh, astrology professional um, set of examinations. And there's a question that people have, like, okay, well, do I have to get certified to learn astrology? Nope. I also have Mm -hmm. classes myself that I teach. So if people want to study with me, they can go to unlockastrology.com and go into classes. I'm working on a new schedule for classes for 2021. That's one way. But no, you don't need to be certified to be an astrologer. But here's the thing. You do need to to think about, again, that critical thinking, where you're getting your source information. Because there are people who may have read a few more books than the average person and decide to have a YouTube page. And they start talking about things. Like some people are saying, like, the start of the age of Aquarius is going to start on the 21st when Jupiter and Saturn combine in Aquarius. That's mm-hmm. not the classic designation for what starts an age. You know, we'll say the age of Pisces or the age of Aquarius or the age of Aries. You know, um, so people need to, to educate themselves by whether reading different reputable sources and so that they can, if they're interested in learning astrology, whether to be an astrologer or just, you know, I just want to figure out my boyfriend a little more or my girlfriend a little more. <laughs> Um, then they probably, um, should, you know, read on their own. I have a suggestion, you know, I have suggested titles on my website. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah. Recommended resources. They can, you know, connect with me on Twitter. Um, SF Reynolds, um, Sam Fred Reynolds. So it's SF as in Fred Reynolds. And that's also my, my handle on Instagram. And then from there, they can find other reputable astrologers who are connected to me. Um, it's not let just me, about let me. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You um, are co-founder of the International Society of Black Astrologers. Oh, yeah. Thank you for mentioning um, that, too. Mm-hmm. Let me, is, is there a, a racial discontent in the astrological arena? Have you experienced racism from other uh, astrologers? Yes, um, I have. But okay. I have. I mean, Isla was um, and we created Israel with the intention of having a safe space for black astrologers um, and those astrologers of African descent. And it's not because, like, we're continuously harassed in white spaces. It's more so um, we're either, you know, things that may be important to us are not validated. You know, astrology, as you probably, or anyone listening to this can gain, 
is a wide swath of things interested in a lot of different things. We talked about even Prince Harry and his partner, you know, Megan. We talked about yeah. Corona. So, but one thing we also could talk about, Black Lives Matter. So yeah. if a black astrologer is interested in that and the astrology related to that and goes in a, a, a predominantly white forum, why are you talking about that? And then they suddenly get hit with a whole bunch of other things. You know, wow. That, you know, See, I would like, think that it would be like love and peace type of thing going on. Oh, no. Um, but but mm-hmm. it's not. So it's like everywhere African-American or people of African descent go, they can possibly be confronted with this issue of, you know, racism. Yeah, um, or racism or the kind of racism where it's like, I don't have a racist bone, bone in my body. I, I love all people. All lives matter, right? Mm-hmm. Which we we know immediately, like, that's a dog whistle for racism. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Right, right. So it's kind of like then you have, I mean, I describe those folks as the love and light folks who are oblivious, who can't recognize, you know, how you have your experience. Like, you know, I don't care what color you are. Yeah, but your neighbor does. Right? right. And, and they just ask me, like, me. Affects right, how I'm you know, moving through the world. I don't wake up every morning saying I'm black. I don't, it's not like that. But, um, but unfortunately, I'm. You'll get a reminder. Right. I get this reminder because of some situation. Let me ask you quick, and then we're going to be closing out the interview. What about relationships, intimate uh, romantic relationships coming in the new year? Because of COVID, you know, people have been separated. Sometimes people probably broke up because they were stuck, and they were like, oh, I didn't really want to be with you. What's going on with intimate relationships in uh, 2021? What can we look forward to? Some positive vibes going are more signs benefiting than others? Well, I always still encourage people to to look at, you know, either to get a consultation with an astrologer or learn more about their own chart because there's no one size that fits all in okay. astrology. So mm-hmm. I, I do want to give that as a very clear caveat. Yeah. But if we're talking about as in a, in a general sense of what people can expect, I mentioned disruption. And I think, and I mentioned also civil unrest. Right. So what that means, considering that we did experience that already to some degree in, you know, that's not just because of COVID, but also what we had in the spring and early summer um, is kind of how we come together and how we we work in being on the same page. And one of the things that's been eye opening the last four years and then even peaking during this year. Mm-hmm. has been how do we feel yoked together. So a lot of people... Wow, I haven't been, heard that word in so long because I heard the phrase like the equal is yoked you yeah. know, when you're trying to get married and things like that. Go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's still important. I think a lot about that. Um, and some people think about that only in the limited idea of religion. But I think it's also in terms of ideology I mentioned earlier that Jupiter and Saturn are about to come together in very close proximity uh, for the first time in 800 years at this level of proximity in the the sign of Aquarius. So it's beginning a new cycle that's going to last another 200 years and some change of those two planets coming together every 20 years in air signs. And air is where we have the experience in astrology of relationships and Mm, connecting. So, I mean, you know, Aquarius is where we connect on the level of principle. 
ideology um, on the broad spectrum of ideas. So I think as people come together, rather than thinking just about what's happening in terms of, you know, financially or practical elements, you know, think how you might be matched or mismatched related to ideas, you know, and that goes from like some of the simplest things like child rearing to like, well, what happens when you die? How are you dealing with your money? Yeah. How are, you know, where are you going to live? What are you going to be doing in 10 years? All those things, people. Or I, why? I know, and I think it's more important yeah. to like oh, why. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think, I think that's something to kind of deal with because we're dealing with a lot of dimensions of air between those two planets. Um, then we still have the eclipses that are happening. We have, you know, we have a good number of things that are happening astrologically that I won't bore you or your audience with. Um, <laughs> you can go to his website and then you can get a class with Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. And he can talk to you about more details. <laughs> yeah. Um, UnlockAstrology.com. Yeah, Unlock Astrology. And tell him again, you're on um, Instagram. Yes. What's your handle there? S.F. Reynolds. Sam Fred Reynolds. Okay. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. The same handle, S.F. Reynolds. <clears throat> Ebony Skytalker on Facebook. Even though Facebook, I mainly kind of is like my farm for Instagram and, <laughs> you so know, where I, I classes, things land. When are your classes coming up? Um, you said you're working on a, a schedule. For January, yeah, sometime okay. in January. Thank you so much for tuning into Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I hope you enjoyed the interview with astrologer Samuel F. Reynolds. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also send me an email, um, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.